Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're here to discuss the second episode of the miniseries, Kiri, National Treasure, written by Jack Thorne and Rachel D. Lehi, and directed once again by Euros Lynn. I thought this was a well-acted episode. Certainly some revelations and some possible suspicions. I think the show isn't trying to answer all the questions. It's only posing them, which is... I think a far more successful tactic when you're dealing with such a contentious topic along with presenting a a real mystery and I think that those components thus far has made this series successful. Before we jump into the recap, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, even YouTube, go down to their rating section, drop some stars, leave a review, my social media will be there as well. If you want to send feedback on Kiri or any other show that I do, blackercouch at gmail.com. We begin with a flashback. Kiri is crying in the bathroom, very much not wanting to talk to her father. So granddad Toby comes in to empathize and check on her. He explains that when her grandma died, he would hide in the bathroom too, but realize that shutting things out doesn't help. Rochelle comes up next admitting she told her dad Nate to stay downstairs but apparently Nate isn't very patient and doesn't understand he is causing his child distress not to mention y'all forced her into this reunion which is fucked up no matter your intentions this man is a stranger to her and the fact that she's emotionally compromised is when the experiment is over right you don't say he's not going to come up here after she clearly says, is everyone coming up here? <laughs> Where if you can't define any boundaries, then it's already problematic. Presently, Toby ignores calls from Rochelle and searches for Nate. First going to a drug house where a man with a handicap answers and admits that they wouldn't let Nate in. As he recalls Kiri and what apparently caused her to be removed from his custody. Alice and Tom, meanwhile, are doing an interview speaking about how Kiri came into their lives. And while Alice boldly blames Miriam for Kiri being removed from their custody, dad steps in, Jim, I believe his name, and steers the conversation away from Miriam and race. And wants to focus more on finding the man that they believe may be responsible. But that's the thing. The person that last saw someone doesn't automatically make them a murderer. They keep mentioning how he's a violent drug trafficker or, you know, he sold drugs. But that doesn't automatically make you a child murderer. Another flashback shows Nate giving Carrie a black doll. And it's clear that her racial identity is something that matters to the family and likely why they allowed the visit toby and rochelle that is with her father even though toby is really still skittish and when he and his son have a moment it's clear why nate has anger issues and his father doesn't trust his ability to parent because he's never parented this child fair dude just got out of jail doesn't mean you can't change but as someone who watches this situation a lot with my own family members protecting the child is utmost even if that means you 
do not get to have the relationship you may want to pursue with her shit gotta be earned and that was a problem that i had with nate's characterization even with what we learned about his relationship with his father because you can't walk into somewhere and say well she's my dna so i get to no but his words allowed toby to make a regretful decision which was leaving the two alone because he told him i can't do anything with you staring at me and it's like what do you mean i'm the only person in this room that makes her feel comfortable you're the person that she is uh needing time to adjust to he knows what they are doing is wrong point blank period and upon coming downstairs sees that the two have departed oh shit i'm fucked up if you really were about the right you have to go through and i know it's it's harder and that's the whole thing well people make mistakes and so on and so i i understand all that those are the reasons and the 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 it's kind of almost used an excuse now though because you're dealing with a very real disease that doesn't you don't get a shot and it's over and if you want it done the first sign you do is do it right um because going the other like where did you think this was gonna go (laughs) other than very negatively at the eve of or on the cusp of her own adoption i was with toby (laughs) staring at rochelle with that dumbass look on her face presently he goes to see bimpe who isn't his friend and isn't keen to allow nate to see his child or wasn't keen for that to happen despite dad's hope that his child had changed she also says rochelle need to shut the fuck up because she wasn't there <laughs> turns out bimpe is the mother of gaia who is the mother of kiri she says she wants to go to the funeral however she rejects that she and toby are family she admits she couldn't love kiri as she knew nothing about her didn't even know she was born but did watch her daughter decay away from the addiction that consumed her and seeing your failure which both parents seem to deal with from their their child has a negative impact or or what led up to said child being put in the foster care system to begin with it's like all i could see was my my failure and my sorrow so i couldn't take her Toby admits later on he couldn't take her so blaming and then I think she even says that woman I may not I don't even know if I like Alice but (laughs) I don't know if you have the right to be upset or even resentful for a situation for for her taking care of your granddaughter it felt like it was more of a racial attack on her which hey that's valid black people do it too i think that's something we try to skip over and don't want everyone talking about but no black people have every capacity to be racist as white people um and they they show it in statements like this like that woman what what do you mean she didn't do that to you (laughs) you don't even know her even if you don't like her on site it it still does not negate the fact that she was there in a time when you were not and you owe her something for that and i think respect is is not too much to ask for 
Toby thinks they may not be welcome at the funeral, but Bimpe is like, I didn't fuck up. Then later on, he mentions that he's the one that basically is going to have his own funeral anyway. So why couldn't he just invite her? Miriam, we check in with her, takes her dog to the vet. Everyone is staring at her. Everyone knows who she is. The, the, the newspapers, Lord words, and the media have run wild with the story. I was worried about the dog though. So I was happy to learn that, um, she was okay from dehydration being left in the car. But now, unfortunately, she might be sick. Miriam is a pariah. Everyone gives her the judgment. Uh, Even if she has people who know her in her corner, she's still under that scrutiny and is not going to enjoy it. Then out of nowhere, someone sucker punches her on the street and ain't nobody come to help. Whoa, that's like fucking mean. Girl, I do not blame you for drinking, but that's going to be your kryptonite. Simon approaching his mom, who is getting dressed for another interview. She seems keen to be in a certain way. Like she's very, she pays a lot of attention to how she's seen. And I don't mean physically. Simon wonders if Kiri cried and if she was left in the cold and is relieved to hear she wasn't she was put on a bed as she always hated the code odd things observed here simon seems genuinely devastated that carrie is gone and mentions something personal about her indicating that they had a relationship however alice doesn't think he should dwell on such things and says if he needs to talk to someone it won't be her <laughs> and gives some very little in means of affection comfort in that moment he goes to remove an eyelash and she flinches away from him interesting is there something wrong with the mother i think something is wrong with her the way she reacts something she does she's definitely uh entitled <laughs> let's just say that Dad gets a pretty harsh reception, trying to alleviate depression by asking the family to join him for pizza and inviting Simon to see the city after their interview. But both mother and son shut him down, although Alice did it nicely, saying, you know, it wouldn't look good if we were seen out, you know, not grieving, which is pretty fucked up. I mean, I think that you should be able to have a moment to at least pretend to be normal. Miriam goes to see her legal aid. However, the conversation turns hostile when Miriam is disinterested in outrage or empathy. She has put up with worse. She came for help. She also doesn't like that her legal aid thinks that she should quit her job and that she chews gum. She could have asked her nicely to spit it out. At the same time, homegirl clapped back like, look, I did read your file. And since you don't want my empathy, um, <laughs> even though you have it, because anyone else wouldn't have dealt with that outburst. Like, hold on. <laughs> this is not the way to ask for help if you came to me for it. Here are the facts. You fucked up. There's negligence. And the family could easily have felt what you say they didn't at the time. 
So you need to resign, preserve your pension, stop the NCA whatever from getting you employed in the future and issue an apology, admitting it was for cultural issues as the papers say it was because people can understand that right or wrong. They can grasp that and it feels as if it is the truth. Either take your share of the blame or take all of the blame. And considering how they railroaded you, I would be considering said offer. Vanessa Mercer questions the parents before their interview as Nate isn't the only suspect because there's no proof he did anything. And they are required to complete a full investigation. But Alice isn't okay. This is the irony though. You're okay talking to the press, but not the police. I feel like she's a hypochondriac. I think that's the issue. Because she dismisses the pedophile angle, even though it's brought up that her son Simon doesn't have an alibi because he skipped school. And Carrie was found closer to home. And that's a question that I feel isn't answered. Because why would she come? Why would she be murdered close to home? Why would Nate take her back home and then kill her? Where or where she was close to home? Does that sign really say find love upstairs? Because that's a red flag for police officers and SWAT everywhere that yes, prostitution happens here. He offers to wait for Greg, but it was a ploy so that he can open doors and find his son, which he does. The two get into a physical altercation, both clearly disappointed with the other. Nate, I don't know what's going on with Nate. He feels rejected by, ah, I got it later. Because I forgot I was writing notes as I was, I went and <laughs> recircled back. Because it felt like he was mad his father rejected his culture. And they bring up that after his mother died, his dad dedicated himself to him. And, you know, he considers his appropriation to society as a reason for him to turn to drugs and alcohol. And I was like, what? Giving you an education and hoping you thrive is <laughs> not a bad goal. Where are we missing it here? But it turns out that dad himself was a drunk, uh, had a girlfriend when his mom died and spent his life in brothels. So you can't turn your stripes after you set such a bad example because the damage was already done. I got that afterwards. He also admits that he could have adopted Carrie, but he didn't due to his relationship with Nate because he didn't want to fail again. And Toby's like, well, you should have, or Nate's like, you should have. Like, uh, okay, but it's not my job to, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I think that everyone's got a choice to make. Nate admits that he didn't kill Carrie. Uh, and considering we found him in the second episode. <laughs> He lost her after he brought up stopping the adoption when she didn't want to lose her name. And he, she being concerned about that. I think that Carrie is a very confused young child. And I don't think that you should have brought up stopping the adoption. I don't think you could have stopped the adoption, even if you wanted to, uh, at least on your behalf, that was not going to happen. And I don't like the fact that you followed that up with, I deserved another chance. Uh, I think the fuck not, you trick ass bitch. No, you can earn another chance, but you don't deserve anything. 
uh, Carrie got upset and thought he was disappointed in her and ran away although Toby thinks it may be a lie but you didn't show it with the cops so clearly you didn't want to believe your son was a murderer and then that's when they got into the conversation that how could you think I would hurt her and he decides okay fine let's go to the police and I'm like why didn't you go to them in the first place I I will never get this conceit I understand that you can get fucked over but I'd rather be fucked over telling my truth than evading it letting people speak the truth for me especially when I did nothing wrong and maybe maybe I can help prove it and help find the person that really did kill my child that that, now now that's what a parent would do so no you don't deserve to be a parent and y'all fuck y'all fuck this up really and it kind of makes me mad because this whole thing was put into play because y'all put this girl in a position that she wasn't prepared to deal with in an emotional state that she wasn't prepared to deal with she thought she was visiting her grandparents like she always did um now did homegirl know miriam that nate was gonna show up that's a question i would love i don't think he did though i think she wanted the grandparents to stop the adoption i don't know i can't we'll find out more about miriam i have a feeling and her intentions later alice sees her interview and uh the press has continued pressure to make this a racial issue before finding tissues that smell in her son's bed and i'm like miss he is a teenage boy don't be surprised and touch that shit without gloves of course he's jerking it however she's even more surprised to find carrie's shirt in his trash and instead of putting it in the hamper she puts it back in the trash can toby shows up and he even says look you can let me in or i can you don't have to but she says come in but then immediately turns angry understandable up to a point right like if i was pissed off at someone for something they did that i felt put my daughter in danger uh, i think that um it was vanessa's character that really hit home commit a crime (laughs) because of whatever you may feel about me or even if you don't i'm now gonna assume you feel some way about me yeah i might be a little standoffish towards you uh and angry because even if i wanted to curse you out i can't because of race because i'll be seen as racist if i say what i really feel about you even though you don't know him but you're mad at the moment and i can i can deal with that uh as you just lost how she feels in her mind she lost her daughter and this is the man right in front of me responsible for some part in that at the same time you can't define love by how many times someone sees someone he came to you as compromising as two strangers can be that love the same person and are completely different people and ask for the love of that child to compromise and you decided that you did not want to rather it's your resentment that doesn't allow it but i do feel like there's a lot more like oh is he talking to me jim he's talking to me how dare he and even jim is indicating because he has every uh, right as well 
saying you're going too far. Then you say, don't you dare talk to the press outside. Well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Just because you can't tell me what I can't do. Grown ass man. But considering Nate hasn't turned himself in yet. (laughs) Once again. (sighs) Back disappointed in Toby's decision making. His guilt is what informs his decisions based on his own past errors. And now he wants to protect his son. Instead of doing the right thing, handing him over, oh, he needs a shower and a good meal. Well, his daughter's dead. (laughs) She didn't have a shower and a good fucking meal. He's going to be arrested in jail. Let the justice system do what it's going to do. If you really wanted to help him, not a shower, not a meal. How about a fucking lawyer? I don't know. That seems like the right way to go. Also, your nationality has no bearing on your job title, sir. And if you are bringing that into, and I like the, the subtle way that he's bringing race into it. Like, oh, you're a police officer. I'm going to trust you because you're black. And I think you might come. And she even said, look, I come from Manchester, London. I don't know what you want me to say. <laughs> well, tell me I come from the fucking motherland. I don't know nothing about the motherland. I ain't growing. I ain't rolled up there. Growed up. <laughs> I was so mad when I saw that shit. So mad. (laughs) I was like, no, he's not in the house. And I love that she points out like, um, you committed a crime, which got us to this scenario we're currently in. Don't make it worse. Give me his location. You cannot dictate or you're an accessory. Miriam, who's almost become an afterthought, waits outside for her boss julie admitting she stopped smoking 22 years ago after finding a baby with burns all over it jesus christ she admits that jesse is dying and why is julie acting like she didn't run her over with a semi-truck in that meeting they were last at talking about i'm on your side then julie tells her that there are two investigations now and this could affect birth families having the right to have contact with their children to which miriam replies unless they're white amen to that shit miriam who feels that it's unfair everyone's putting everything wrong with the system on her and and using this one mistake that she made uh as a way to to criticize or scrutinize the system and so she finally turns to the media and chooses her side and what she really may have believed and lets loose that she believed carrie deserved to be around people who looked like her who were family and seemingly good people and not be surrounded only by pale skin and the feeling of being other my uncle-in-law he actually was raised in a white family and he's biracial so can you imagine being black as midnight as my girl carrie is beautifully but he grew up in a biracial or he grew up in a predominantly white he was adopted by white parents and he had a lot of racial identity issues because it's not easy when you're turning around and no one looks like you You're going to feel those feelings no matter how welcoming that environment is. It's not your world or you don't have access to what is 
familiar to you or what's part of your own cultural identity. Miriam points out there's a disproportionate racial responsibility when it comes to adopting more people of color because now we have them being put into a society society assimilating them no matter the organic love that may be there for said child because it's still important and I think the show wants to say that it's important as well but not without negating like it's almost like these are the unintended consequences of said actions of the fact that more families more people of color families parents are leaving their children uh getting into the drug lives and even though let's be real it's a lot more um (laughs) uh, you know systems in this country where this is predominantly white people perpetuating the societal myth about the crack babies and the the you know all that jazz but as she's continued to point out these these little things that I've heard my uncle-in-law talk about it may have been exactly what prompted her to make this particular call Like she just wanted them to know her to still be a part of her life because she feels like once Alice gets a hold of this child, they're probably not going to have that connection with her. How far that she wanted this to play out, we shall see. I don't know. She seems to have a very close connection to Kiri. Then someone asked if she had a drink. And as I stated earlier, that's going to be your kryptonite. Alice looks at photos of her and Carrie, then of her son and Carrie, and considering her deformed relationship with her son, certainly has put a seed in her mind that something could be there. So she goes and gets the t-shirt and puts it back in Carrie's room. She's in there. I think she truly did love her, but there's something still going on with Alice. I'm not quite, uh, I can't quite put my finger on. Meanwhile, Nate is getting a home-cooked meal. Dad is dressing him up for Sunday church. And then, thank Lord, the cops show up. And I'm sorry, Toby, this is right. This is right. This ain't right. Yeah, no, it is. You ain't right. You ain't right for thinking that Vanessa shouldn't do her job. As pointed out earlier, if you wanted to help the boy, then get him some legal counseling. I gave this episode an 8.7 out of 10. I thought it was really good. And I hope it continues this trajectory. If you want to send feedback, once again, blackercouch at gmail.com. My social media will be below. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Real hard, really.